is the Amadon Planet Podcast, episode 28. I'm your host, Joel Amadon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. It just keeps rolling along. Today on the podcast, we have Nancy Bartelt of Uncommon Insights, who's a relationship coach and a family member. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, But we're together because Nancy is an expert on the Enneagram. And I've wanted to talk about the book, The Road Back to You, uh, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Cron and Susan Stubbew. I think I'm saying that right. Um, We'll get corrected probably during the episode. Anyway, I've been wanting to talk about this book for a long time, Um, really because it was kind of shocking when I looked at the Enneagram, which is a... um, a way of typing yourself, a way of kind of getting to know yourself better. And I read the page that was most aligned with me. And it was like somebody had like opened up my chest and just like taken everything out and put it on a page. It was just unreal chest and head actually. And thinking about what that meant for me and my evolution as a teacher. And again, we'll get into that in the episode and then how, this information could be useful for us as teachers, especially now when we're thinking about how important we've kind of seen through this global pandemic, the importance of relationships, the importance of connections, and that it's not just about uh, the job or the day-to-day or the, um, you know, covering content in classrooms. Really, the relationships matter so much. Like, how can you get somebody to engage with what you're doing if you have not built up the relationship? How can you make what you're doing in the classroom more meaningful uh, through relation? You're going to do that through relationships. And so this is a tool that I think we can use in order to help build up our relationships and starting with a relationship with ourselves, getting to know ourselves better. And so I'm really excited that we get to talk about the book, The Road Back to You. It's, it's, it's been on the list for a long time. And to talk about it with Nancy, who I've known for a long time as well. So... But before we jump into this conversation uh, with Nancy, just a quick disclaimer, in no way will we be able to communicate the whole value of the book. And even if we did, it would be from our perspective. In other words, if you like what you hear, go get the book for yourself. Links to purchase the book can be found at AmazonPlanet.com forward slash episode 28. Those are the show notes, which you'll find all sorts of stuff, especially some stuff from Nancy because she's got a lot of stuff going on. Or seek it out wherever you buy high-quality books like this one. If possible, try to support those local booksellers like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi. Now, without further delay, here is my conversation with Nancy Bartelt of Uncommon Insights, a relationship coach. Nancy Bartelt, thank you so much for joining me on the Amazon Planet Podcast. How are you? I am well. I'm so excited to be here. This is just such a wonderful thing that you're doing. I love, I love all this great talk about education and doing things better and loving kids. Well, and just a little bit of background. So you have the uh, coaching business, like Uncommon Insight, and we're going to talk about the Enneagram today. We also, we should be, you know, we should be full of disclosure. We are related. <laughs> okay. You're we are. cousin to my wife and we have had many conversations, but I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of growing I have done by seeing you and, and your husband, Todd, and interacting with you and your family, like learning what does it mean to be a parent and a, uh, and, uh, a spouse. And we've spent lots of summers together at Camp Okaboji. Uh, and so, I don't know, I've just been kind of like in the background wanting to do this podcast for a long time to talk about the Enneagram. Lots of people are talking about the Enneagram. And so just so glad that you could uh, 
you could join me. Thank you. Yeah, it's super wonderful. I mean, it's just such an honor to get to chat about it with you. Um, yeah, we love you guys, and it's so wonderful to have our summer memories in non-pandemic summers. That is getting yeah. to go to getting to a family camp. Yeah, looking forward to getting back there and in the Great Lakes of Iowa. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're here to talk. We're going to be talking about the Enneagram and how that deals with uh, how we can use that as a tool to help us with teaching. And specifically, we're, we're looking at the, the book, The Road Back to You, uh, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Cron and Susan Stable. Suzanne Stabile. Stabile. Uh, yeah. I saw the eye in there and all of a sudden I froze. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shoot, I should have practiced that That's one. all right. We're always but learning, right? It was a pretty popular book, right? I mean, a lot of- Really people, popular. A lot of people have been talking about it. Ian cron has got a lot of good content out there. If you want to find his stuff, it's great. Like, And the other book he has is The Road Between Us, right? About mm -hmm. the Enneagram and relationships. Yes, the path yeah. between us. The yeah. path between us. See, I'm getting close. Yeah, this one's the road. That one's the path. That's but, right. Uh, but thinking about how do we use this stuff within our teaching, but probably we should, before we go too far, some people are very familiar with the Enneagram and they're ready to go with their oneness or whatever. They know their type, but maybe could you give a little bit of, well, first background on yourself and maybe a little bit of background on the Enneagram. Okay, absolutely. So yes, as you know, my family and I have lived in um, Kansas City Metro for about 20 years. And we love theater and music and um, family camp, like, like we mentioned in our free time. Um, as far as career, I got my music therapy degree in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Shout out. Shout out for Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I've always had these themes of healing and creativity and relationships kind of all throughout my life and had this sort of wayward wandering path the last couple of decades doing some substitute music therapy work, some classroom substitute teaching, some um, lots of teaching at church, lots of piano teaching, ESL in the last several years, and homeschooling, and then now relationship coaching, really enjoying teaching adults and, and young people about relationships and just how we, can, um, how we can do better, how we can be better, how we can love each other better. I think our relationships are, you know, one of the most precious things that we've got in this world. And when we can steward them well, our life is just that much richer and our connections can be deeper. So I found the Enneagram to be a really wonderful tool. There's so many tools, as you know, for personalities yes. out there. Mm -hmm. It can drive a person a little crazy um, to try to take them all or, or whatever. It can be overwhelming, but this system is different. And, you know, my parents used to talk about it. They liked talking about really? lots of these things. Yeah, way back when I was a kid, wow. they talked about Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, and my mom especially was into a lot of that stuff. So, Well, the Enneagram um, is really old. I mean, it's- It, it's it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's got tons of really, really, really old roots, and then kind of this global, cross-cultural, cross, like all over the place, crazy um, history. And Ian goes into that, Ian and Suzanne, in their book, a little bit and um, there's of course tons you can read about it but um, but yeah there's an amazing history that we can kind of look into and um, but it's really become very popular especially lately and I think that's awesome um, so so the gist of it is for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of the Enneagram is it's an, a, an understanding of personality that reveals nine different ways of seeing the world nine different ways of being in the world and so the symbol 
that you will see if you Google it is a little strange looking. Some people are off, put off a little bit by it, but it's, um, it's all right. It's just geometry and um, all that good stuff that brings order to what we know. And so there's nine different points around the Enneagram. And what I, one of the many things that I love about it is that it gives language to the different ways we see the world. Mm-hmm. We know we're all different and we have, you know, some similarities with some people and some people rub us the wrong way, but this gives us sort of a, a little bit more clarity or a lot more clarity and depth to kind of understand that and get underneath it. So as I've been studying it the last several years, it's really deepened my own understanding of people and transformed my ability to have a little more compassion for them. And I think when we have more compassion for our students or our colleagues or our family members, hello, we can have those deeper connections and give them more grace as needed. So, so it's all about awareness. And, you know, most of us probably are interested in having awareness, but um, we've all seen that person in the room that has no awareness of how they've come off and nobody wants to be that person that is clueless to how they come off. But once in a while, we are all that person. And so that journey of kind of continuing to grow in awareness is really important. Yeah. And I kind of saw like, you know, obviously with the, the, the current events in the world and thinking about racial injustices that have been put to, you know, with all, with the, um, all the events that have happened recently and thinking about yes. what does it mean to be um, more equitable and all the different things. I mean, even in Mississippi alone, like all of the symbolic things that have happened with the bringing down of the flag, we've got the, the Confederate statue that was in the middle of our campus has been removed. And wow. some people are thinking about what is, what does equity and justice look like? Yes, we need that. But what does that really mean? And uh, teaching tolerance has these social justice standards. So even to think like, here are many different ways that we can move towards this ideal. Like it gives names to them, like, hey, standard three is this. And like thinking about equity and justice from this broad perspective and like giving you language to talk about. It's It feels like the same sort of thing. Like, how do I have language to talk about the different ways that people are and act and see the world? Well, this is, this gives us some and it, and it it feels pretty good because when you start reading one, especially the one that lines up with you, you're like, oh boy, <laughs> like that's, that's <laughs> totally, yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty accurate. That's wow. Right on. Yeah, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> it can be dis- distur- yeah, totally disturbing sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I totally, I agree with what you're saying and feel that kind of momentum in the air almost. It can be palpable. Um, and I, I do feel like that's one of the things I've taken from the Enneagram is it's almost given like arms and legs Mm. to how do we work together better? How do we understand each other better and concrete um, pictures and, and just insights about each other. And that's so great for, you know, a little family in their house or Mm -hmm. an entire organization or administration or any, any type of group of people. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 one thing I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Um, one of the one of the many things I love about it, so it brings us awareness. It's like a lens to see other people. It's like a mirror because we see ourselves, and it's yeah. like a map because it gives mm-hmm. us other things to to go. But it's the roundness of the circle of the shape of it. I mean, um, to me, kind of brings to mind like imagining all of humanity sitting down at a table together. Obviously, that's impossible, but you know, just in theory. If we could all sit at a table, it would need to be round, not rectangular. You know, the right. round table invites mm-hmm. everyone to 
share their voice. And it's so important for every person to feel that their voice matters as to what you're saying with all the racial conversations and so many voices haven't felt like they've mattered, haven't, haven't mattered to the, mm-hmm. the people in power. And it's so important that we can start listening. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the way that the book is broken down um, is it's got each of the different types uh, within there and within each of the types, what do we have? We have like this list of okay. things where it's like, hey, what it's like to be a one or what it's like to be this certain type. Here's kind of description of type. Here's what healthy, average and unhealthy types look like and general descriptions. Some famous people that line up with those types. And then we're all talking about different ways to go about I don't know. What do you think? Go about like understanding that type. What, what do you, how would you say it? Totally. Yeah. They, I mean, he gives you, there's just a lot packed in here. He's got um, Ian and Suzanne both they did it together. Um, but like you said, those average healthy and um, unhealthy patterns. And another thing that they emphasize and really spend a little time with that makes it very different from other personality systems is that we talk about the deadly sin. Mm -hmm. And probably everybody's heard of the seven deadly sins. And thank goodness somebody came up with two more so that no one's left out in the Enneagram. There are nine deadly Mm -hmm. sins or just, you know, really deep struggles, those things that we really struggle with. Um, So they spend a little time on that. And, And a lot of other personality systems, I think, just can emphasize our strengths or our strategies or whatever. And so it's really important to take those dark, those dark sides and look at them. But then they talk about um, as children, how this type might have acted in their relationships, how things can play out and at work. Um, And then a little bit about the wings that are the numbers right next to you on the Enneagram and then the arrows that kind of come away and toward you on the shape. And then some really great tips for spiritual transformation. Like how do I get out of my own way. I'm not like being pegged in a box. Sometimes people are, you know, concerned that when you have a personality system, you're just going to be pegged and you don't want to do that. Nobody wants to be put in a box, but um, this is really kind of showing you the box you're already in and helping you find your way out of it. So, So, um, yeah. So what what do you, should we, um, you want to give a little brief overview of the types? Would you want to do that? I, I would love to. Do you mind if we start with centers a little bit? Um, yes. Oh, you know, and I had a word about leadership. I was thinking about this podcast and how awesome it is that you are, you know, you've just been growing and nurturing and facilitating all these really great processes with your students over all these years. Um, well, and I was going to say too, just your teaching math as agape, I've always been like, oh my gosh, what an amazing idea. That is so cool ever since you first told us about that many years ago and I tell people about that every couple of weeks I feel like it comes up and I'm like this is, is this a great idea like you know teachers love their students that's usually right. why they become a teacher but sometimes that can get lost in our pursuit of you know what the lesson plan is or getting this criteria and so on and so forth and I don't that's have like, nearly what as does much that look training. like right what does it look like that's that's kind of like how do we where it gets lost is what does that actually look like to love my kids? Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I I think that's so great. And then um, just kind of how that is sort of feels like a foundation of your, just you as a teacher, what you give to your teachers that you're teaching. Um, And so thinking about leadership and how leadership, good leaders have got to be good at relationships Mm -hmm. and they've got to be good at communication. Those two relationships and communications if you're not good at both of those it's going to be really hard to be a good leader yeah and so the enneagram boom you know can help us with both 
relationships and communication. It gives us kind of that bird's eye view of how everybody might, you know, be what place they're coming from, but also those specific insights. Oh, and I just wanted to say um, where some personality things really look at that behavior, mm -hmm. the Enneagram is different because it looks at the motivation under the behavior. Yes. Yeah. And, so. you know, you might have 10 people walking their dogs, but they might each be walking that dog for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's just always important to look at that. Right. Someone motivation. cares about the dog. Someone cares about their own health. Someone cares that, hey, make sure that people think I'm a dog person or maybe I'm walking the dog to make sure someone sees me walking the dog and I can get their number. You know, there's all sorts of reasons to walk a dog. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, uh, and just one other little reason that I love the Enneagram is that it's like, um, it accounts for the vast variation in humanity with all the different layers it can um, show us that it is nine types and some people are like, oh gosh, you know, how can there just be nine types? But there's, as you start to study it, you get all these other layers that kind of show you the intricacies. So it, it sort of um, reminds me of like, or if we said to 10 of your students, well, you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever the hardware store and bring us back a gallon of blue paint. Most likely we would come back with a whole lot of different shades of blue. And so there's just a lot of different ways each type can look and that's right. awesome. So centers, I wanted to tell you about, we wanted to talk about centers a little bit. So Ian kind of starts the whole book out, Ian and Suzanne, he's, um, he's kind of writing from his own perspective, but I know Suzanne worked with him and they both, you know, did this together, but they both teach this way mm -hmm. um, from the perspective of looking at centers of intelligence. And sometimes they're called triads. So, um, the centers of intelligence are basically how we typically take in, process, and respond to life, kind of your default way that you're in the world. And there's three of them that we study here. And the first one is the gut or body center. Typically, these people are really action-oriented. And then there's the heart center. Typically, people are really feelings-oriented. And then there's the head center, where people are really thinking oriented, just really kind of all about the thinking and the thoughts. Um, so those are, there's three types within each of those centers and some emotions that kind of go along with those. But what I wanted to share here um, is these three other concepts. So for the gut or the body center, control is a really big deal for yes. eight, nines and ones. Do you want to comment on that as we Yeah, I'm a one. Center? So yeah, this is... <laughs> Definitely control is, is, it can be an issue. Yeah, definitely. Kind of recognize that. <laughs> so we got control as kind of a big deal for these people, eights, nines, and ones in the gut or the body center. And then in the heart center, significance is a really big deal for those folks. And in our head center, those types, um, security is a really big deal for those people. And as I was thinking about getting to come here and talk with you, I just thought, oh my goodness. Look at the last four months. Control, we have like lost yeah. what feels like all control of what mm -hmm. we thought we were going to be doing. We don't get to see each other or have the contact with others. Mm -hmm. And so for some of us, that significance loss feels very destructive. And then everything's uncertain. It changes by the month, by the week, sometimes by the day or the hour with what we think we're happening. So for students to come in to fall and back to school, like all the three of these important things are upended. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we all need to really, you know, get a good balance on our, our sense of control in the world, our sense of significance and our sense of security, but we typically default to one of those centers. And so anyway, um, yeah, that's kind of how we're going to go into the Enneagram is look at, at um, the types by center. So. Yeah, which is cool. Like in the book, like he doesn't, it doesn't start off with type one, type two, three, four, like it, it does go in a, a different sort of sequence. And so it's, it's already when how he's, um, how they are trying to put their imprint on the book, like think about this differently, right? A little bit. Exactly. Yeah, you're totally right. That's why he starts with eight and he explains that. And then again on page or on the eight chapter, he's like, if you don't know why I'm starting with eight, go back and read, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you missed something. Yeah. <laughs> you missed it. Yeah. So we can dive into type eight um, and talk about that for a little bit. Talk about each type a little bit. Yeah, like? we're going to briefly go through each of the types because, uh, I mean, if you've, there's lots of content out there that goes through them, but just, just so we have a common understanding. And I, like I say in the disclaimer is like, if you like what you hear and you want to learn more, go get the book, you know, but, but yeah, we, I don't think we can Absolutely. have this conversation without briefly going through each of the types. Actually, Absolutely. Maybe we'll, and we yes. could maybe pause on the type that we are too a little bit. So, okay. And just that sounds good. I'll how, pause how every time that? just to see if you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> see if you have anything um, to add, but but yeah, we'll start right off with the eights. So the type names that I like to use, I have two different names. I use a two name type. Um, I feel like it's a little bit more descriptive with the training that I got. Um, and so eights are considered the protective challenger. As we know, they're in the body center and they are powerful, confident, practical, very decisive. They love to be in charge, love to get the unvarnished truth. They don't like to beat around the bush and they sure as heck don't want you to. Mm -hmm. They hate feeling powerless or controlled or manipulated and betrayal is like the worst. They have a very small circle of trust. Um, so their attention tends to focus on like, who's in charge? And is this person up to the task? If they're not, I'll probably be able to yeah, take I'll do it yeah. on over. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and at their worst, they can be real self-focused and dominating. And that obviously is destructive as in any type when we kind of run out of ourselves. And instead of having a personality, our personality has us. So um, it's important for eights to have the message, to believe the message. Um, and I mean, it needs to be true, obviously, and I just believe it, but that you won't be betrayed as you know a student in a classroom like you can trust the teacher mm -hmm. you can trust the process of learning and you know the school as an organization um but the gift that we see when eights really show up in their strength and their health is is power and authority and a couple of famous eights are martin luther king jr muhammad ali serena williams and um franklin Delano roosevelt mm, nice did you want me to do a quote or um not necessarily you can do it, whatever you want. Okay. So my quotes, I love collecting quotes and we could talk for a whole hour on, you know, funny quotes and good quotes. Most of my quotes, all my quotes are like, these people are not in a good space. So I'm not making fun of any one type. It's just a little more interesting sometimes to find this quote. Mm -hmm. um, so for the eights, our quote, and this comes from the book, many of them do, from General George S. Patton, lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. Yeah, exactly. So there's our type eight. Nice. No, I like the quotes. Those are good. Awesome. Okay. 
And yeah. then we move into our nines, the peaceful mediator. And I don't know if it's okay that we reveal that we're both married to yeah, yeah. nines. <laughs> yeah, we could we keep that secret, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely there. Yeah, the, there's this is interesting when I, when I think about nine. There's some like I got to keep reminding myself uh, that I'm married to a nine because well, I'll let you go to the description and, and why that's important. Okay, we'll come back to that then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so nines are, are peaceful mediators. They are in the body center, but they tend to be more asleep to the body center, to the action. They're kind of taking mm -hmm. a backseat to that. Um, they're usually so easygoing, diplomatic, friendly, open-minded. They love having peace of mind, inner stability, peace in the room. Mm -hmm. And usually they really like to have time in nature. They hate being, um, hate conflict. They hate feeling overlooked or being shut out. Um, and their kind of compelling need is to have that peace, to have that stability. They tend to focus on, well, what does everybody else want? What do you mm -hmm. think? What do you want? And um, at their worst, they can kind of descend into complacency or inaction or really, really strong stubbornness or reluctance. And um, I think I forgot to mention the deep struggle, the kind of the deadly sin for eights is lust for intensity, like for that adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah. And then for nines, it's sloth and just like paralysis. I'm not going to be able to do anything. Um, a message that really matters, the important thing for them to, to really feel the truth of is your presence matters. Your presence is important to our whole class or to our whole administration, whatever the case may be. And then their gift that they bring wherever they are when they're in places of health and strength is peace and unity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like sometimes like I'll bring, I'll bring, you know, obviously like writing things and making arguments about things and I'll say something and like, you know, Katie, my spouse is very quick to be able to see the other side. And it's like, not, and it's like, I used to get frustrated and be like, well, why are you doing like, why? No, help me make my argument better. Well, she, she is helping me make my argument better, but that's part of her giftedness and her way of being in the world is like seeing all sides of it, seeing all, multiple sides of an argument versus I might be looking, I'm a perfectionist, I'm looking for the, and we'll get to that one, and the right way to do something versus she's looking for all the ways in order so we can make it the best. And it's, it's something that, and this is kind of came down to why I wanted to do this is like understanding that and understanding like maybe how I interact with a colleague, if they're a nine, like how they look at the world, like otherwise I could get frustrated, but knowing how I see the world and how they see the world, okay, we're all probably arguing, we probably all have the same maybe have the same belief because I'm right, obviously. No. <laughs> no, we all, probably all, but that is making that whole process better because we want to make sure we're seeing the whole picture, right? Not just charging ahead at something. Um, and so like seeing that and seeing how that could play out within colleagues or within classroom with students, small groups, all this sort of any interactions, right? We oh, need to word. be seeing that. So Yes, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head of why this is like, ugh, can give those aha moments and build a bridge between people who might otherwise be really butting heads. Yeah. Like the, the wishy-washy storming, like the, you know, the storming and norming part of small group and you see someone just grabbing control. Well, maybe that's just their eight point. Like if there's not someone there, hey, there's a vacuum. I'm going to fill it because someone has to. <laughs> I might as well. That's right. right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. 
All right. So we're ready to move on to ones. Yeah. Number one. All righty. Yeah. Type one. Here we go. The moral perfectionist. Ones are in their body center, gut center, and they are just diligent, ethical, trustworthy, responsible. They know what needs to be done and they know how to do it well. And they want so badly to do it well. They love goodness, perfection, rightness, balance, hate, imperfection, corruptibility, wrongdoing, and they usually, this is kind of the hallmark, have a nasty, nasty inner critic that is relentlessly berating them about the fact that they did something imperfectly. And that can be really, really hard to live with. Hard, hard, to, um, hard to shut that guy up. So yeah. Hard to shut that guy up. Yeah. <laughs> Got to give him a name and put him yeah. in the closet or something. Yeah. Uh, their compelling need is, as you already know, um, <laughs> but and are probably gathering it to be perfect. They can walk into a room and they see what needs to be fixed. What's wrong? What can I do to make it better? Um, so at we worst, don't have my kids on this podcast. My gosh. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> if we could, if we did a kid pro- podcast, oh, yeah, mine, wow. yeah. mine would have so much, so much tea to spell on me. It would be <laughs> ugly. <laughs> so uh, they can get in their bad space, their hard space, rarely critical and judgmental, have a hard time relaxing. Um, but uh, well, and then their deadly sin is anger that usually turns inward toward themselves and just can you know, kind of explode into resentment in a big way. Yep. Your eyes are so <laughs> big right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but it's really important for those ones, those students, those teachers, those whoever they are to know that they are good. You are a good student. You are a good teacher and your good grades are important, but they don't fully define you. Uh, but they bring goodness and rightness to um, wherever they are and that's i mean in this this and i'm you know we're laughing a little bit but you know when i first saw this book and i read through the list it's yeah of what it's like to be a one it was like scary when i was reading through it because it was like oh my gosh it's like someone just reached into me and like grabbed a script and just read i was like it almost it it, it felt like almost violating like i'm like oh my gosh that someone's describing me yeah and then but then also and this really goes to our certain time, like looking at if we have kids like this in, you know, in our classrooms or even colleagues that are trying to set up their teaching, which, you know, they've got this face-to-face experience that they have perfected, right? They have refined over years and years. All of a sudden you're saying you need to do that same thing, but now you just do it in this online space and don't worry if it's not perfect. Like, no, oh, everything needs to work. Yeah. All the links need to be great. And like, and just that number 16 on that list, it says, I worry a lot. And I'm like, just thinking how important the social, emotional, like, like the psychological well-being of folks. Not that it's not for everyone, but I'm thinking of the one who's just like, I remember when I was a kid, if this happened when I was a kid and I didn't have like some guidance out of it, I could have been in a very, very unhealthy space and just recognizing it. And, and how do we, how do we care for our kids? How do we care for our parents? How do we, you know, that are trying to do things like, Ugh. and just even that, that administrator that's trying to create this plan that's not going to be perfect and put it out there and it's getting criticized and they're already criticizing it themselves. Like, how do we care for each other? You know, sorry, going off a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that is such a good point. There's been so much upheaval and so much imperfection on so many levels recently that it's it's just 
got to be devastating for mm -hmm. teachers who are ones in lots of ways. Yeah. And I'm sorry, did you, did I, I interrupted you a lot. Did you finish your description? Oh, I have oh no, I, you did great. I, nope, their gift is goodness and rightness. And I'm glad that you brought that up from the list. I am, um, the list that he has of, of what it's like to be one. Those are so many really great things. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, I think part of me, like how I became a better teacher, and I think we shared this a little bit before we, um, in, like leading up to this conversation, was yeah. if I try to lesson plan, I'm going to try and make that lesson plan as beautiful as possible. And I'm going to do all the things and I'll see the gaps in it and I'll try to fill them. And it takes me a really, really, really long time to do a lesson plan versus if as a sage on the stage, because right, if I'm a sage on the stage, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to lead everything. It's all about me. I got to have the perfect talk. I got the perfect examples and whatnot. Mm. But we all know if, if we're good teachers, we know that, you know what, the better way is to be the guide on the side and to help mm. the other, the students do the leading within the class and to be guiding them towards that, to make them better by uh, in a uh, facilitating role. That has been, it's, it's not, I'm trying to make myself and my lesson perfect. I'm trying to help my students get better and their teachers, right? So trying, so the best may, way for me to help my teachers teach is to let them teach and then help them and coach them to get better. And they come up with, and, and it's the most beautiful thing. Cause like, I'll come up with some creative things, but they come up with much more creative things. They, and sometimes there's complete disasters, but they were just so ambitious and it's like, awesome. That's a great idea. If you would do this, this, and this, that could make it so much better. And it's like, it just makes one, it's exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. So yes, sometimes there's, there's some disasters that happen, but like, it's all about helping them get better. And that has been unbelievably best for my teaching and trying to see like, what are the ideas that they come up with? I don't have to have all the examples because they're going to come up with some examples. And like me embracing my oneness and thinking about how does that best fit in the classroom has been just a life changer for me. And like now that's like, how do I, I don't have to make my teaching, my research, the best. It's about yeah. how do I be a facilitator? And the other, that other stuff will happen. It's just how do I, how do I use that into investing in others? Right, because if I try to invest in my own perfectionist, I'm going to criticize. I'm going to I'm going to worry. I'm going to do all this stuff. Versus, yeah, I worry. I worry about my students, but I want to help them get better. And it's like it's a, it's a. I think maybe a healthier way to go about oh, it. I don't know. My gosh, yeah, wow, I loved that. That is just incredible. And I'm going to have to take a little note here. So the state, the sage on the stage, I love it. Versus the guide on the side, mm -hmm. I love, I love that. Wow, that is so powerful. And I just, I wish, you know, I don't really wish people could see us because I don't want to be in video, but um, all of the <laughs> hands, your hands motion, talking with your hands. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yes, I totally hear <laughs> this. It's amazing. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's a great illustration of just coming, you know, being aware and coming out of your own stuff and, you know, still working with it, being who you are, but really letting it lift others up. That was beautiful. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and just a side, I mean, I know you'd probably get to it too, but like, I think that's been the biggest thing is like to like really study like that type for myself and think like, how am I healthy? How can be good? Like, oh, and just to be able to recognize, I could step back, disconnect and be like, hmm, I'm in an unhealthy space right now. <laughs> or, or, so how do I, how do I, uh, how do I un, undo that or get to a better space? And so think about and oh. with relationships, kids, all that stuff. Anyway, 
So no, this is exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah. Just getting to trigger or like finding those little moments of, oh, I've triggered myself again or whatever has triggered me. And now I need to realize, and yeah, I'm, it's annoying, honestly, how darn lifelong that learning is, but we're getting better. Well, and <laughs> maybe too, we this could be a good way to illustrate some of the, like you talked about the variables in like the color, you know, like talking about blue and there's all yeah. different shades. So like the one is neighbors to two and nine. And I think yes. I'm a one with a two wing. So we'll get to okay. our helper sort of yes. person. Yes. And thinking about in stress and security, we do certain things. So I think I'm a one with a two wing and in stress, what do I go? I go towards four being an individualist, yes. but in security, I go towards being an enthusiast, kind of a, yeah, like a part yeah, with creative, kind of like, yeah, creative ideas. sort of, yeah. And that's, that's about right. You know, so thinking about those sorts of, you know, different degrees that we could be in where unhealthy, yeah. healthy, stress, security, um, which wing we have, there's all sorts of different things to like make those gradients of color that we're kind of that you kind of shared before so um but anyway, oh yeah all right i could i could no <laughs> i could talk all day about the what i've learned about the ones but I'll, I'll we'll keep going i love it no but i appreciate you pointing that out because um that is a really important piece of as we get deeper in the different layers the different gradients of the color the those arrows you talked about great succinct illustration of you know how that works for you and the wings and it's almost like you know these are all just different dials and they can just yeah. be at any different point at any different mm -hmm. time and so but we can still sort of hone in on where we yeah. are and where we want to nudge ourselves out of or into all right one last thing sorry and the yeah. last part no, it no. talks about 10 paths to transformation for ones oh, and yeah. so like it's got those for everyone and i just again the yeah. the value in this book if you like it go get it but like so good if you find yourself procrastinating, think about the reason why. That sounds like the most obvious thing, but it's like, no, like I'm, there's a reason why I'm scrolling on Instagram. Why is it? Because I feel so overwhelmed. Why are you so overwhelmed? Because you haven't written anything. Everything's in your head. Okay. Take everything, write it all down, figure out what the, you know, priority. My mom would say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like take a bite, you know, let's go. And you know, that's, that has been, I've got it underlined, starred, like, like but again, value from the major, book. So yeah. Major yeah. highlight. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love using them as a workbook. And we, I think of the, the wings as kind of our next door neighbors. We lean toward one or the other now and then, you know, mm -hmm. and then our arrows or lines are almost like cousins. And so seven and one have that line of yeah. connection where I kind of feel that and you kind of dive into the sevenness and lots of overlap there. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> Super, super. Okay, so we're gonna move from our gut triad into the heart triad, heart, the heart center yes. of intelligence, where those um, precious people—they are um, just, just awesome. Would you <laughs> think a lot of? Awesome. Do you think a lot of teachers would be in this? Triad? You know, as I was reading about um, lots of things coming over here, I did. I found something that said they that that statistically speaking, the vat, the biggest percentage of types would be a two. I don't know Boom. who there does that go. research or how they figured it out, but yeah, definitely lots of two, lots of two going on in the classroom teachers that are just helping and supporting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the two is a supportive advisor and um, at, at, at their best, twos are empathetic and warm hearted, very caring, very generous. They love being loved and wanted and needed and boy, oh my goodness, the world needs you teachers, man. Um, such a huge important gift um for the whole world for mm, yeah i got two for um, them 
when it comes to taking care of others, I don't know how or when to say no. And that was in the, what it's like to be a two. And yeah, uh, uh, I need to be acknowledged and appreciated for my contributions. Those are two good things probably to remember about twos. So yes, those yeah. are great. I, um, I thought, I think this is another one, number 15. When people ask me what I need, I have no idea how to answer. Mm. Like I always help know others. what I need, what I want, but the two doesn't yeah. really know. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh man. And they can feel angry when their needs conflict with others. That was another one I highlighted mm -hmm. too. So, um, so they don't like feeling unwanted or unloved or worthless or not needed. Um, but they, they just have that compelling need to be needed. Yeah. Um, so they focus on how they can help obviously. Um, and then their deep struggle is pride and pride more of like a, I am blind to my own needs. Not like a, I'm so braggy pride proud, but just like, I don't have any needs, but you do. And it's going <laughs> to lead to burnout if you don't attend to those. So, right. Yeah. So that's important. Um, and you know, even if you're not doing all the helping all the time, you're still, you're still valuable in right. the world, in your family, in the classroom. And, um, but yeah, attending to those needs. So their huge gift that they bring is their unconditional love, unconditional love and care for, for everybody, students, family, whoever it is. So that is um, just a tiny little bit about the twos. Yeah. Um, it is frustrating because we could go so deep with all these. Oh my goodness. We could. Yeah. I know. I hate to go so fast, but we'll check out our threes here next. Um, they are what we call the successful achiever. They are highly driven, successful, adaptable, self-assured, so confident, love to win, love to excel, be admired and respected. Um, they really have this compelling need to be admired and to be successful. Their attention goes to the, like, let's do this. Let's get it done. Um, at worst, they can, you know, be overly image conscious, pursuing success at any cost. And deceit is their deep struggle or deadly sin and more of a self-deceit. Like I read the room and I'll say what they want me to say. I can be who they need me to be, but then I lose myself in that process and who I've been designed to be. Because when they show up in their strength and their health, they bring hope and just, you know, a vitality and motivation to the room. So do you have any other um, or little highlights? Should we highlight some of the what it's like to be a three? Lines. Yeah, I uh, I have one as a child. Uh, <laughs> the one I like best is I could persuade Bill Gates to buy a Mac. And it's like, <laughs> my, oh yeah, uh, our motto for uh, and Noah, he's been on the podcast, so people hear uh, the motto that we have for him. I think I shared it on there is get ready to be wrong. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> but I mean. So this is something, again, back to understanding folks. If I have an understanding of no one, no one likes to get things done. So do I. I want to get them done perfectly. He wants to get them done. Like, so mowing the lawn for him and mowing the lawn for me look a little bit different. <laughs> so if I want him to mow the lawn, I have to make sure everything that I want done in mowing the lawn is done versus he's like, lawn's mowed, done. Like, there might be some patches of big grass in the middle. Some corners cut, perhaps. That's right. Maybe. But not saying, but again, still very, very um, driven, very wants to do things. Uh, I mean, but just again, why it's been helpful for me to understand where his motivations are, seeing where mine are and like how we need to talk to each other. So, mm, so good. Yeah. I, um, I like other people to know about my accomplishments um, and I'd rather lead than follow any day. Those were a couple more that I 
Um, have have we passed yours? Are, are we two years yet? Um, no, I'm last. Okay. Uh, ooh, all right. Um, so save we'll the, save the best. All right. Oh, well, well, we'll see about that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, type four. Romantic ooh, ooh, real quick, real quick. Taylor, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift and Tom Cruise. Oh, I, yeah. Yes. I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting the famous people. Yeah. There's so much to go, but yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, when you think of Taylor Swift and Tom Cruise, I think. Yeah. If kinda... you get the book, hopefully, you know, people will get the book and they'll have fun looking at all yeah, the famous yeah. people there's and so all the good quotes. I haven't even done my quotes yet. Should we just let the quotes go? We can let them go. Yeah, all right. We better let them go. We're rolling. We're rolling. Type four, the romantic individualist. These um, folks are very creative, honest, inspiring, emotionally aware, um, they love authenticity and beauty and being understood. That's a compelling, huge, compelling need for them. Uh, they can tend to focus on what, what am I missing? They might often feel like they didn't get the memo. Everybody else got it and they didn't. And melancholy can be sort of a part of mm. them that they're comfortable with. They, they're at ease with that. And when things are too good or too happy, that's sort of unsettling. Um, but it's really important for Forrest to understand that they are seen and that we understand that they are so unique and you know, we're glad that they are who they are. Um, so when they show up in their strength and their good health, they bring such creativity and depth. It's really, really awesome. Did you ever watch Felicity? So, I did not. Oh, you think she's a four? No, no. There was a, there was a, I remember I, when I first met Katie, we watched Felicity, like we watched Dawson's Creek and Felicity and stuff. <laughs> and so one of, uh, remember in Felicity, there was like this one character that Felicity was trying to date. And I just remember like, him being like the want want like Debbie down to like sort of like like hey you want to go to the movies like sure <laughs> maybe I don't know maybe I'm, I'm totally misreading it but it seemed like a like the whole melancholy is comfortable for me so it's mm. annoying when people try to cheer me up like mm. you know yeah that kind of rang, rang into that. Totally. Yeah. The highlight from the book is I'm okay with sad songs, sad stories and sad movies. Overly happy people give me a headache. Yeah, that's, I, and it's, again, a good thing to know, like, cause I come in like, Hey, how you doing? And like, you know, if they're not reacting to that, like, Oh, was it something I said? No, it's just, that's, that's where their, I'm at. That's their mode. That's where they're at. And it's okay. You know? Yeah. Don't, doesn't everybody have to be like, Hey, you know, like the happy go lucky person. That's not, they could still be, good they'll still be fine you know that's but, right you know, it just might not be that what you want to see so again appreciating yeah. how other people are in the world it's so interesting um i we aren't going to talk about stances exactly here they're not in the book because that's sort of another layer but um several of our types three types are in an assertive stance and mine is and i think you kind of lean that way too but where you're like ah yeah hi we're excited mm -hmm. da, da, da. and i can easily feel like well that's how everybody should be you know but everybody isn't that way. And it doesn't mean that they didn't right. like me or that they don't, you know, have their own kind of enthusiasm. And so, um, yeah. Well, something that stood out to me with this and I, I just, you know, if, if I had a colleague that was this type, right. And there's, there's a number 17 on the list. It says I'm either an artist mm. or highly creative. I come up with one amazing creative idea after another it's executing yes. them and that's hard. And it's, mm. I remember being in like faculty meetings where someone comes up with an idea and basically the policy is if you come up with an idea, but you're not willing to execute on it, 
don't bring it up. Mm. Wow. Mm. Think about how much we're robbed of those experiences or not even, or at least having a space where, yeah, hey, let's just brainstorm, throw out some ideas. Like maybe someone wants to own your idea. Someone yeah. wants to own your idea of like, and now we're opened up versus like, I, I, I can't execute on it, but this I think is a good idea. It would probably help a lot of people, but I'm going to hold it down. And so again, thinking about how do we position our with our faculty or with um, students like who have good ideas, like I have a good idea for how to solve, a, let's go to math, a math problem, but don't have any idea how to execute it. Well, that offering might spark the person that's the, you know, that can execute it. And now they've both made each other better versus don't say anything. And oh, now yeah. We're, now we're all we're worse off for it. We're, you know, yeah. we're smarter together. We're smarter together. Oh man, that's a great illustration with math. Of course. I love that. Yeah. And for my type seven idea is like our currency. So for someone to be uh, not interested in brainstorming would be painful physically for me, probably. Oh man. Okay. So we um, have our twos, threes, and fours in the heart center. And now we are Heading into the head center, where thinking is a very big focus um, with our types five, six, and seven. Hmm. So type five, the investigative thinker. At their best, they are very perceptive, observant, innovative, pioneering. They love being capable, having knowledge and mastery. They have that compelling need to master, to understand. Um, they hate expectations or ignorance or being depleted. Um, some like People will say Bill Gates is a five and Stephen Hawking and their focus of attention is like, well, what makes sense? Let's mm -hmm. study it and think about it till it makes sense. Um, at their worst, they can be so, their, their deadly sin is avarice, which is, um, it was a new word for me, kind of a greed that is not materialistic, but more of like energy and um, time. They have the least energy on the Enneagram. And so they really need to conserve. And by the end of their day, they might be totally withdrawing from the people around them, which mm -hmm. could be taken as like, oh, I don't want to connect. I don't want to, you know, like you, but it's really just like a self-preservation. Like I have got to literally get through the rest of the day and I don't have enough energy. Yeah. Um, but they're, they really need to know that their needs are not a problem for other people. They want to be so self-sufficient so badly. Um, they don't want to put anything on anybody else ever. But, um, but with all that studying and mastery, they bring such amazing truth and wisdom to the table with their gifts um, with, when they're in a healthy, um, strong place. So probably don't don't get too excited when the when the teacher says, "Hey, it's time to work in groups." Yeah. You know? Oh my word! <laughs> gosh, yeah, <laughs> that's got to be one of the worst. Well, and you think like, and this is this goes into it where you know there's been a big push for working in groups, and that is great, but also yeah to have that balance, right? Yes, we need to work in groups group we are better together, and that person that investigator does have something to offer a group, but they also yeah. need, they need that other side as well, just like I mean we all do, but like them probably yeah, more do. than yeah. them. so thinking about that and not saying we're just gonna max this out to the extreme of you know working together um you know it can be good for i mean it definitely that's a need of theirs is like if you did that all the time, like they'd be like the energy drain uh is just gonna yeah. go big time that would be rough for the five for sure yeah um so then we okay to move into the six yeah sure type six the loyal guardian they are people who are very faithful work super hard they love to problem solve they're great troubleshooters because they are very good at the worst case scenario this is the kid that's like yes but what if but what if but yeah. what if 
They love to have that security and guidance and feel supported. They don't want to be blamed or targeted. And they, instead of the one with the inner critic, the sixes tend to have an inner critic committee. And so there's a whole bunch of voices that are like, oh, well, what about that? Nope, you're didn't, you know, and it's just can descend from there. And they have a lot of anxiety. Their deep struggle is fear. And they need to know that they are safe. And oh my goodness, for crying out loud, this is going to be challenged this fall for helping all of our kids and teachers and everybody to feel safe and secure, man. But when they show up in their strength and their good health, they have so much faithfulness and courage kind of stepping through that fear into what um, they need to do. So yeah, any highlights jump out at you from the what it's like to be a six? Uh, I mean, I just, I was just thinking of the... Uh... The the famous sixes was Ellen DeGeneres, oh, yeah. John, John Stewart, and Frodo Baggins. Which is <laughs> shout out to the nerds out kind there. It's great. Yeah. Love it. Love Frodo. Totally. But I mean, I often don't trust people who are in authority, right? Like mm. that kind of like thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, the leader, maybe leadership vacuums that exist, and especially in these sorts of sit where you know, hey, we're, we're not, we don't know what the plan is. We don't like yeah. that's that can be that can be tough, and and always imagining and planning for the worst, like. It seems like you would need to have somebody like a six in like your plans right now. And like, hey, they're probably thinking yeah. of things you haven't thought of. But if you probably let them, uh, it probably wouldn't be good to let them just sit in that, <laughs> right? They need to have the other Right, absolutely. Too, right? So, because um, people tell me I can be overly pessimistic, you know, like, so you got to have that balance in, in there somewhere, so. Totally. Yeah. That's, they're an important voice. I mean, all the voices are important at the table. Um, but yeah, right now to really be doing that serious troubleshooting. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But all right. I act quickly yeah. in a crisis, but when things settle down, I fall apart. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's rough. And being sure I've made the right decision mm-hmm. is almost impossible. And it can be hard for sixes to settle in on being a type six because yeah. well i don't know i don't know am Maybe. i really i don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard all right ready for our last yeah let's the do nine it. type seven the entertaining optimist these um types tend to be enthusiastic spontaneous inquisitive just versatile and creative they love to feel satisfied satiated con- content and free from expectations hate limits hate feeling deprived or trapped or bored and struggle with FOMO to the nth degree. I can speak to that sadly (laughs) really well. Um, We as sevens, like I said, that is the type that I land in, um, just have that compelling need to be satisfied and attention typically goes on, you know, what's next? What are we going to do next? What's after this? What's after this? Looking forward Mm -hmm. to the next vacation while I'm finishing this one. Right. And the next meal while I'm eating this one. Um, And so at their worst, they can be scattered and restless and distractible and just like fall apart in a puddle. Like, yeah. So the deadly sin or deep struggle for sevens is gluttony, not necessarily a food, but in my case, buying e-courses or (laughs) nightstand table books that I have already, you know, don't have time to read the books I bought last year and I've bought more and it's a ridiculous kind of hoarding, but, um, the seven will bring in their times of health and strength, a ton of joy, ton of abundance, of course, because they love everything all the time. But yeah, joy and abundance is the gift that the sevens bring. You want to tell us the famous sevens or some highlights from the what it's like to be a seven? Well, I want to talk about Page. our interactions. So, well, there's Robin Williams, oh boy. Mozart, and Colbert. 
yeah. I'll talk about family camp. So like, you know, family camp, we want to, there's the, uh, the talent show often. And like, you know, I'd be thinking like, Oh, we need, if we're, if I'm going to be in a talent show, we need to plan this baby out. We need to have like some you know scripts. We need yes. rehearsals and like, you know, and I, I'll give up quickly on it. And then like, you know, I'll be like, Hey, should really be doing some on the talent show. It's like, it's like in an hour, <laughs> a couple of hours. What about something for the town show? And by the time the town show comes around, we've got like three or four acts ready to go (laughs) for the town show. And then a few more that are impromptu that pop up. And it's like, you know, I would, there, I would never have done that. And now given that sort of, you know, the push in order to like, Hey, let's, let's get going. Let's do this. Like I pretty much have the most famous, uh, act in the camp okaboji uh talent show uh it's it's a it's a dramatic reading of a poem of the, so good uh, yeah the oscar meyer wiener uh song and it's it's great uh it's wonderful it's it about moves people to tears yes moves people mm-hmm. to tears including myself <laughs> but i i was thinking about that yesterday i was like oh, i'm gonna tell my camp friends like Joel, you know, the Oscar Mayer Wiener. Yeah, yeah. Guy. He you has get, a podcast and you should listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. If people come up like, are you going to do the poem? You can do the poem. <laughs> but that doesn't happen without a seven, right? Like encouraging sort of thing. Like thinking like what, what's her, and you kind of see that with your family. Your family has those are characteristics of like, hey, let's, let's, do, let's do this. Let's, let's get, let's jump into this thing. Let's have an adventure. And it's, um, it, it's pretty exciting to, to interact with sevens, right? And when I'm healthy, right? <laughs> Or when I'm in security, I flow towards seven. So that's yeah. maybe that's why we get along so well, Nancy. <laughs> I, I love it. That is that is so funny. But I see what you're saying. You know, and um, we we have our lines and our arrows, and it's good to tap into the high side, the healthy side of both of those. We have access to both mm-hmm. of those, even though we can default to the negative. And I will say, um, every year I'm just like, oh. It's Wednesday. You're giving me a lot of credit for doing it on Thursday, although I don't disagree that we probably have put it together on the day of. But on Wednesday, um, I'm always like, God, we really got to get on that. I, I really just know that'll be so fun if we do it. And so I, when I tap into my one um, line, I put a little reminder in my phone for next year on, <laughs> on camp. Tuesday or maybe even Monday, we could start talking about it so that it doesn't get to be Thursday and I make my kids crazy by starting a little oh, act. That's so good. So good. That is, I, I think it would be super interesting, wouldn't it, to have um, a podcast or a book or a, something like the Enneagram at a family reunion? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like little, you remember pop-up videos? Like probably like having like a video. Do you remember pop-up videos from like VH1, like give all the information within a music video? Like it would like pop up oh. and they'd be like, this, this restaurant was featured in the oh. movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like things like that. Like having a video of their union, like pop up. This is a one about to interact with a eight. <laughs> the anger triad <laughs> totally. is going to rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. You can go on Instagram, I suppose, and find all kinds of amazing, cool, um, cool posts about, yeah, the characters of it. Yeah. Um, but kind of looking at all the types, it's so important to not um, feel like you're stuck in your type or that you're, again, that you're pegged or whatever, but just that um, we all should be growing toward to all of these characteristics. They are all gifts that um, we can be aware of and, um, and work, working together, but also just not being limited by just right where we are. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it's like when I know I'm in a, a bad place, this becomes a resource where I can mm. think like, 
why am I here? What do I need to do to get out? Like, what are the things that motivate me? And it's like, because it's fairly accurate in its description, it really does help. And I'm like, and I'm someone that, you know, it took me a long time to finally, you know, seek out counseling. Um, And it, when it finally came there and like, for some, you know, things that happened in my life and like, this thing and, and guidance from professionals, it was like, wow, this really, I mean, it really helps to like dig, dig into who you are and, and how you're made up. And then, and then also not only that, then you have a better appreciation, not only for yourself, but also for others and how you interact with them and how they interact with you. And I think the, the, the classroom is made up of a bunch of variables that are interacting mm-hmm. with each other, not to call mm-hmm. it a student variable, but like how beautiful all yeah. those different things are yeah. that come together. It's not just a row and column of empty faces looking at you as a teacher, but Ugh. it's all these interactions and those beautiful interactions is where learning can occur and, yeah. and to be appreciative of those. And I think that's what this can open you up to. Not that we want to be typing children and like saying, well, you're right. that. And I think that I did highlight a quote somewhere that Cron uh, had and I'll find it in a second. But I mean, it was basically like a, you know, like a, a war, not a warning, but he basically said mm. the Enneagram should only be used to build others up and help them advance on their journey toward wholeness yes. and God period. And it's yeah. like, yes, it's not just to shame someone like, Oh, there, there's your enthusiast there. There's your number seven. Right. Nancy. Yeah. But like to build folks up and to, and it, what we'll say in, in uh, teaching, we'll talk about an asset-based perspective of a child and what do they mm. offer to the classroom or an asset-based perspective of our colleagues and peers. And so having that sort of perspective. So, Oh, for sure. I'm so glad you said that. I have to quick um, dive in to say there are two ground rules that I always like to share and I forgot to share Ooh, those awesome. at the Very beginning, good. but our, well, maybe I did share the not typing others rule that you shouldn't try to type other people. Only mm-hmm. you can decide what your motivation is. We don't know what other people's motivations are. We really need to let them, as tempting as it is to learn about these types, to go, oh my goodness, that is so my mom or whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to not use it as a sword or a shield as like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm a seven. So, you know, I can't be counted, counted upon <laughs> yeah. or, you know, whatever, or just going after somebody because it's their type. Like, yeah. It's all about building up. Yeah. Like if I was to be overly critical of someone and just say, well, that's just my one, you got to deal with it. Like there's my sword. Like, Ooh. yeah, that's, that's yeah. no, that's not, we want, we want to be aware of it. So we know how to, and going into my research side, like being aware of who I am in my positionality in the world. That's like something we do initially before we look at our data, before we look at something. So we know this is who I am and this is where I am in the world. This is the way I view the world. Now I'm going to go do this thing. Same thing in the classroom is like, this is who I am. This is how I'm made up. This is things I know about myself. Now I'm going to go have these interactions. And so thinking about that and like using this lens to use it. And I think it's, I think that's part of the power of the book. It's yeah, there's so much in there, isn't it? And I was going to say two more quick things when you were mentioning just about some of your journey a few minutes ago, um, one of your other podcasts that I was listening to, you talked about mindset. And Mm. I feel like this is another great mindset tool to keep our mindset toward growth, like what you've been saying this um, all this time. Um, So yeah, that mindset piece. And then I think just, yeah, what um, you had asked, you know, is there something critical? You might say that, um, 
a critic, what is the a critique, time? a critique of the book. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the only critique is like, you know, don't stop learning, keep diving right. in. It can be hard to find your type or even, you know, you might just read your type and be like, Oh, okay, whatever. Check that off. But it can help us so much more. Like you said, Oh, it was reflection. That was the piece um, that you were talking about also in one of your other podcasts um, and how important that, that growth mindset but also taking that time to reflect, those things can help us, um, those practices help us move forward into the growth that we want. Mm. Nice, nice. And, and I was thinking too is, you know, this isn't the only perspective to take. And so as many ways sure. as we can mm. identify mm -hmm. the, the beautiful ways that we've been put in this world, like, you know, and, and knowing that there's, there's also nasty ways that people are putting it, but like seeing like, how do we recognize the beauty? And then maybe then we could be a place that can help move away from the nasty. I don't know. Like that's something I was. Oh, totally. Yeah. Move away from the nasty. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'd say yeah. that from my own perspective, like I know yeah. that at times, like, you know, I'll go through the house and I'm, and I just, I get, I get to the, I get from the driveway through the house to the you know bathroom, dump out my pockets. And I'm like, holy cow, I just had five different critiques of what was happening in the house. And I never once said, hi, <laughs> nice to see you. And it's like, and like, and then I, you know, then I start hurting my, you know, like, oh my yeah. gosh, you're such a bad person. And like yeah. the critique comes in and it's like, it have to, whoa, whoa, stop, Ugh. go back, just do it again do it again like and go back and say hey how are you how's your day i'm sorry and like and and like <laughs> my best phrase is is i'm sorry because <laughs> or i apologize do you forgive me and like asking for forgiveness and and but thinking about how it it's helping me understand how i am how i can be best but how i can move away from some of the ways that um are are not so nice and so like it's helping me recognize those those patterns Oh, that's so good. I, not to, you know, kind of perseverate on our ones and sevens, but I have, I have that happen to me too, where it's, I, we're the only um, ones talking, Nancy. It's okay. <laughs> well, that's it's fine. Well, that. well, here we go. Um, I just have had different seasons where I'm like, what? I am not an angry person, but I am yelling all the time. I am, I'm not a yeller, but why am I yelling? And I just, it, the Enneagram has helped me realize, oh my goodness, I'm stressed out. I'm going to the negative part of the one. And the one is the super great helper. Like I ignore my laundry for days and bless his heart. Todd is like, could we maybe move it along? I mean, and he'll do laundry. It's not that he won't yeah, do laundry, but yeah. you know, he needs a little Todd. help. They're <laughs> 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 like, okay, the oneness can help me to get that dang laundry moved over mm -hmm. without having 48 hours pass. But, but the anger is a messenger back to that. Um, to realize, okay, whoa, yeah, I need to stop and reflect. And then I, we didn't really talk about this because, of course, we only have this amount of time. But the um, that anger is a big piece for the body triad, and then the heart triad, the heart center, um, struggles with shame. Mm -hmm. Significance is a big thing, and then on the other side of that is the shame and sadness that can be so deep. And then for the head triad, they um, that security, and then sort of the other side of that is fear. Is so you know those emotions. I'm sure we could talk about for an hour as well, but just that those are messengers. And when we pay attention to those, we can really move forward a little bit more in health. Mm -hmm. So what about sum up in seven? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Learn nine types, gain compassion for everyone. Learn nine types, gain compassion for everyone. Yeah. I would say learn yourself. Mm, oh yeah. 
be good with others. Oh yeah, that's sort so of, good. I, I like yours better. That's, so. Well, yours is actually better because you should learn yourself first. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Self-centered. Seven. It's hard for me to be brief. That was a really good assignment. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a long time. Yeah, so. I mean, it's been a good exercise for me in, th in thinking of, uh, you know, it was a college class that pointed me to that. But like, if you can't do that, like it's, if you can't sum things up in, in short language, then then you need to spend more time thinking about it, right? You know, mm. I wish mm. I had more time or else I would write you something shorter, right? Like that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. So take some, take some reflection. But um, so what do you think about, um, you do a lot of teaching, like a lot of teaching in a lot of different ways. And so just from a perspective, it doesn't have to be connected to the Enneagram, Nancy, but it could be whatever okay. you want to put. How would, what is the best thing you do to help your teaching? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say to show up. A seven can be so distracted. Mm. And, and I can tend to be consumed with well, all the possibilities of the lesson plan. And my ESL teaching has been a fantastic switch. I had taught piano before and I was like, I was totally in the you know driver's seat mm -hmm. with what are we going to do at each lesson and I could drown in those dang possibilities but ESL they give you 25 slides 25 minutes ma'am bam you know just get through it and then um, I can still weave in creativity because I don't have to make all those decisions so I've almost got more energy left over right because those things were made so showing up and fully you know just being able to be present and yeah, go for it present. um I guess that's know. awesome no I that's a, that's a little funny because my my things and my students if they're if they're listening to this bless you but if they are oh, listening to this they would recognize there's two things I write on the board at the first day show up be good mm. so show up and be present like just be in the class whatever that is if it's on a Zoom if yeah. it's you know now it's on Zoom or if it's in the physical space be here like there's so much about just showing up but then it's about being good and so what does it mean to be good it's about managing your device i mean that's a big thing because we're asking them to be on a computer asking them to be on things but yeah. like, do you know how to silence your text messages do you know how to do certain things you know do you, and to a certain point yeah. you know like i've got kids and that get injured so i keep my phone mm. on but i know how yeah. to manage my device i know how to silence certain things or i know how to turn off notifications or whatnot or knowing how to what does it mean to listen to somebody and to hear them and to not like yeah. we're in, they can't people can't see us because we're not on video but we're we're nodding to each other. We're gesturing. We're looking at each other. You know, um, we're not, you know, often looking around and whatever. Right. So like showing up and being good. That's just, I like, I love the being present. I mean, I know you're going to be good, but like for me, when I'm teaching my teachers, I, like, <laughs> I know like sometimes they think like, Oh, it's not my time to be mm. in front of class, but there's still ways yeah. I could be good. It's like searching for ways mm. to be good. And like, and knowing, and now this book can help us think there's a bunch of different ways we can be good, right? So many ways. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final question. Anything to promote? Nancy? I would love to invite anyone um, who's interested to talk a little bit about Enneagram with me again. Um, I've kind of, you know, with this podcast and this awesome opportunity, I thought about, gosh, wow, there are just so many applications for the classroom, for teachers, for, again, not typing students. It is um, not necessarily recommended to type kids. Um, however, you know, that hasn't stopped you and I from really taking a fine tooth comb at our children and getting a good idea. Um, I'm pretty sure that the seven-year-old in our home has got to be a one. That kid, you give her a sponge at the stove and she's like in seventh heaven to scrub <laughs> 
the scum off of a stovetop. It's so funny. Wow, nice. Um, and if I write my hands on like a bath towel instead of a hand towel, mm. boy, does she wow, notice and she yeah, that's, is that's bothered good. by that. Um, yeah, yeah. She keeps this all in line. So it's great. It's great. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I so just thinking about all those different things and the underlying struggles of the pandemic and just thought, you know, hey, let's have a webinar. Let's have a conversation about what this might look like and how we can, if not type our kids, because again, it's not about typing them, but it's about being open to where are they coming from? Right. What are the, what's at the core of their struggles or their motivations and kind of thinking along those lines. So on Saturday, um, I think it's the 8th of August at 9 yep. a.m., I'll have central, a little central 40 time. central time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, central time. Um, we'll have a 40 minute webinar, just a free little webinar to chat about the Enneagram basics of the Enneagram, but also, you know, a few applications for um, teachers, schools, parents, all that. All those. It'll be interacting. So it's not going to be yeah, just sit and sure. get you can lots of questions. Get, and, no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if this intrigues you, if this uh, stuff like, and you want to think more about it and, never heard of it or you even heard a lot about it but i think you'd have a yeah. great conversation with nancy and, and learn a lot from her presentation so that's through yeah. uh uncommon insight coaching so yes awesome yes love to have you all right so thank you so much nancy thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us it's really we really appreciate it oh thank you so much it's been such a privilege such a joy to be here Love it. Love that conversation. Um, still thinking about it. Still thinking about things that I'd like to say. And because I don't want this uh, podcast to go into the two-hour range, we will stop now. But uh, since the recording of the podcast, uh, Nancy let me know that she's got some other things happening uh, with regards to the webinar that she announced during the episode. Um, looked on the uh, sign-up page, which will be linked to in the show notes at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 28. And the webinar is actually, there's two options for the webinar. One is Friday, August 7th at 1 p.m. Central. And one is Saturday, August 8th at 9 a.m. Central. So two different options for you if you want to engage in that webinar experience. But really, it's about the Enneagram in the classroom and thinking about it. I could see that being valuable not only for the teacher, but for parents and for administer anyone that's really dealing with thinking about how do we best set up classrooms for success and building those relationships from the get-go again um and, and we talked about this via email nancy and i were talking about the, this idea of typing children you need to be careful about that if looking at a i think looking at an enneagram uh, number and seeing it as a way to help you figure out how a child is gifted or figuring out how to build a child up, how you, a better way of, of viewing um, children and their abilities. I think that's great. But if you're using it, again, anything that's being used in the Enneagram to like call people out or to say, well, that's just you being, if it's, if it's building them up, great. If not, it's probably not good. Anyway, there's more in the book on it. And again, if you like the book, go buy it for yourself at your local bookseller. That is all I have for this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Show notes for the podcast can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 28. Again, lots of great stuff from Nancy there from her from Uncommon Insights coaching. All the links will be there. Links for the webinar. Uh, there's going to be a freebie that there's a link to where she's put together this PDF, a great little PDF for uh, teachers uh, about the Enneagram in the classroom. And we'll, if you want, go to the show notes. You can claim that for yourself. 
If you're looking for ways to support the podcast, guess what? You can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We appreciate all of them. Um, please go do that. Even if it's just putting the stars in iTunes, we, we appreciate that. But the written uh, reviews are really valuable. So if you're saying, man, I wish there was a way I could support the podcast, do that. Please go to iTunes, rate the podcast, and put in a little typed-in review. We appreciate that. Even if there's ways to improve. I know that there's two people that gave me fours, and they're both related to me. And so we're, we're working on those uh, comments as we speak. You can also subscribe to the Amazon Planet Download, which is a w- periodic email that contains resources and updates from Amazon Planet. I'm trying to put a lot of good stuff out there. We, had, uh, we were announcing a lot the book club we had going on with the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. Um, we were talking about high school math lessons to explore, understand, and respond to social injustice. That was going on, so we, we did a lot of announcements there. But all sorts of resources going on. I got, I got a cool little uh, audio transcription resource I'm going to announce probably in the next one. Anyway, so you can subscribe to that by going to AmazonPlanet.com. There's many buttons on that page to subscribe to the email list. You can follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. Also have the at Teaching Math Teaching Podcast Instagram account as well. If you're looking for uh, those of you that teach math teachers, that's a good one to pay attention to. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet bookshop. Links in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com where your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. We just had a couple things go out with regards to some hoodies, some t-shirts, and some coffee cups that went out. And again, we're very thankful for anyone that makes those purchases and all the proceeds from those go to support the production costs of the podcast. All right, that's it. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet Podcast. Thanks to Nancy of Uncommon Insight for sharing her expertise. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. I think we might get him on a future episode. So Matt's got some things in the uh, brewing, so we think we might get him. He's, he's got some experience teaching, and the Create-themed episode has his name written all over it, so hopefully we get him in the near future. Finally... Thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you've decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. 